to be learning Lekuti Sichas Chelik Yudchas, the first Sicha in Parshas Matais. Uh, this Parsha talks about the, the war that the Yidin fought against the Midyanim, and we are told that the soldiers spared the woman and the children. So when they returned the camp, Moshe approached them, and he was very upset that he allowed the females to live. And, and he tells them, why did you allow these women to live? They were the cause that the Yidin, by the word of Bilam, to betray Hashem. And Rashi explains exactly what their Avera was. So we're going to look at this. This is going to be a Rashi Sicha, and he's going to discuss exactly what the issue was and what Moshe's problem with what they did. Sif Aleph. Ala Pasuk, Hein Hayu Levnei Yisrael, Bidvar Bilam Nimsar Mal Hashem Gaimer. The Pasuk says that they were, in, they were involved with the Jewish people by the word of Bilam to cause a transgression, to cause a trespass against Hashem as we know that they were the ones that had the illicit relationships with the Jewish people, as discussed in Parshas uh, Balak. So, so Rashi quotes the words by the word of Bilam, and he tells us what exactly was this discussion that Bilam had with Balak. So it was like this, that he tells them, tells Balak and his advisors, that even if you would bring in all the hosts of the entire world, to, to wage war against the Jewish people, you would not be able to win. He says, because maybe you are no, more numerous than the Egyptians, that, which had 600 chosen chariots. Come, and I will advise you, and I'll give you advice, how to defeat the Jewish people. And that is that their, their God hates immorality, etc., as it's discussed in Perichelik, on Dafa Kuvav in Masecha Sanhedrin, and also in the Sifri. So basically, Rashi's telling us three points. First of all, he's, he's telling us what exactly were the words of Bilam. Point one, he says, he tells them, if you think you're going to be able to beat them by having a large army, know that that's not going to work. Point two is he gives a proof, because the Mitzrayim had 600 chosen chariots, and they were we're not able to beat the Jewish people. And then point three is, I will give you advice that will actually work, which is that their God hates uh, immorality, so go get your daughters to have illicit relationships with them, and then they will be uh, punished. And he gives the source, which is from the from Chalik and also the Sifri. Is this that Rashi need to explain over here that this, that what the advice of Bilam was, even though he already explained, Rashi already told us what the advice of Bilam was. In Parshas Bolak, it says, and Rashi told us that the advice was to cause the Jewish people to sin. Rashi also tells us, and not Pasik, when, that, when the nation began to be Mazana, to have these immoral relations with the daughters of Moya, Rashi tells us that that was, uh, that was based on the advice of Bilam. So, Muvenu, Shayapasik Didan, who amakar Shemenu Nilman Hadavar, Kedivri Rashi Pasikul Cha Yatsacha, Teda Shabilam Haitsi Eitzazulach Shilam Bezima, Shari Namar, Hain Haina, Hoyu Levene Yisrael Bedar Bilam. So it's understood why Rashi repeats it again, even though he already said twice what the advice of Bilam is, he repeats it again over here because this is actually the source of what the advice was. As we see by the first time Rashi quotes what the advice was in Parshas Balak, he says, No, that Bilam gave them this advice, which was to cause them to stumble with Zima, with uh, lewdness. 
Shahari number because it's going to be saying later in Parshas Matas, Hain Haino, how you live in Israel, but there This is the possible we quoted earlier that they were the ones that got involved with the Jewish people with, uh, by, the, by the word of Bilam. So that's clearly telling us that what was going on, why was Moshe Rabbeinu upset? He says, because these were the ones that were involved with, with the Bnei Yisrael. And what would women have to do with Bnei Yisrael? So even from Shutei Shalmikra, it, uh, as we're going to see, that Moshe Rabbeinu also only told them to punish the, the women that had the capabilities to have relationships, but the ones that were too young to have relations uh, were not to be killed. So we see very clearly that the issue was um, Zima, and therefore, this is the source of the two previous Rashi's that explain what Bilam's advice was. So over here, of course, he's going to actually tell you the whole. That he's going to tell you what the advice was because this is this is the source of everything. Avol. So that's not an issue why Rashi repeats it. That the Rebbe is not going to ask because it's understood. But we have other questions. But the question over here is why is Rashi over here giving such a lengthy explanation? and telling you so many details of the story of how Bilam gave this advice. First of all, Aleph Manakeya calls that the Pirsha Pasuk. Why is this relevant with the Pirsha Pasuk? Meaning is, why is it relevant that he first told them, like, if you plan on making a, a war and getting a lot of soldiers, that's not going to help you, because even the Mitzrim were not able to beat them by physical war. Why does he mention over here, why is that relevant? Just tell us exactly what the advice was. The advice was he told the, the girls to have Zima with the Jewish people. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu was upset at the soldiers that they didn't kill the Midianite girls because they were the ones that caused the Jewish people to sin. That's all that's really relevant. So why is he giving this whole uh, preamble before he tells us the main issue and why Moshe Rabbeinu was upset? And base. And so the second question is, even if Rashi has, for whatever reason, he has to quote the whole discussion of, of, of Bilam with Balak, the Chayra would have been better to bring this discussion the first time he mentions the advice, which is in Parshas Balak and the words L'cha Yatzcha. So why is he bringing it over here? He should have brought it there. Gimel. A base, if base. We also need to understand some other details. He says, the first question is, it doesn't fit the beginning of Rashi to his proof. What's Bilam telling him? He's telling him, if you think to wage a war against the Jewish people and you're going to have a very large army, know that it's not going to work. Because even if you have all the holts in the entire world, you're not going to be able to beat them. And what's my proof for that? The proof of that is that the Mitzrim were not able to beat them. And maybe you're, you have a larger army than the Mitzrim had. He says, what is he talking about? Well, it, it's not a great proof because he says, even if you had all the hosts in the entire world, Mitzrim would not have been larger than all the nations of the entire world. Meaning as if, if Bala Kataka gather all the armies of the, of the entire world, he would have had a lot more people than the Mitzrim had. So telling us that the Mitzrim were not able to beat them physically does not tell us that the entire world, if they joined together, would not be able to defeat the Jewish people. So what exactly is his proof? And he says, Yisair Mizu, 
that we learned earlier, that one of the Tainas that Moshe Rabbeinu told Hashem was, uh, after the Meraglim, as we know that Hashem wanted to destroy the Jewish people, so Moshe Rabbeinu tells Hashem that if you destroy the, the Jewish people, the nations of the world will claim it's because you didn't have the capabilities to bring them into Eretz Yisrael. I, why, how, could, how could they think that? Didn't the Jewish people destroy, didn't Hashem destroy Mitzrayim? So Rashi explains, So Rashi tells us the reason why they would think that is, they would say that even though we were able to beat Parai, but Parai cannot be, um, is, not, is, is not of equal value to the 31 kings that were in Eretz Khan at that time. Yes, Hashem could beat one Malchus, even if it's a powerful Malchus like Mitzrayim, like Mitzrayim but Hashem would not be able to defeat 31 kings that were living in Eretz Canaan. So if people would think that, if we, there's such a Havamin, even just with 31 kings, so for sure, if you had all the hosts of the entire world, so for sure, there would be, um, there, there, at least there's a thought process. People could think, right? The Goyim could think that they would be able to defeat the Jewish people. So Bilam is trying to say that it's so obvious that the size of your army won't matter because of the Mitzrayim, but that's not true. We see that people did think that the Yidin could defeat, or Hashem could defeat the Mitzrayim, but he would not be able to defeat, defeat 31 kings. So what's the proof that Bilaam's bringing him? Balak should have answered back. Yeah, that's one Malchus. Of course they couldn't beat them. But if I make a much larger army, then I would be able to defeat the uh, Jewish people. So that's the first question, um, on the, the first diak. The second thing is, if the purpose uh, of the proof that Bilam is bringing about the Mitzrayim is to describe the multitude and the power of the Egyptians, why does Rashi only bring the first part of the Pasuk? It says that they had 600 chosen ch- uh, chariots. Why doesn't he also bring the end of the Pasuk, which is the main point, Papashtus, that they had 600 chair, chosen chariots, plus all the other chariots with, with, uh, in, in Mitzrayim, and they had soldiers uh, uh, to, to, um, to ride them. And it's also understood Papashtus, that there's only because they had such a large army of many, many chariots who were chasing the Jewish people, that's why they were extremely afraid. Because remember, the Jewish people had 600,000 men between the ages of 20 and 60. They also had the heir of Rav, who were part of that count, uh, who were also with them. So having 600 chariots, even if they were the best chariots in the world, it wouldn't have caused them to be afraid. What caused the fears? Because Pirate brought in his entire army to fight against them. So why over here, when Bilam is trying to describe the power of the Mitzrayim, uh, he only mentions 600 chariots. So he says, You want to say that. Why does Rashi mention the 600 chosen chariots? Because Rashi is trying to stress not the number itself, but rather that these were 600 of the most chosen and highest quality of chariots. And this would, in a sense, ex- will 
show to you and express how great the army was. Meaning is if they had 600 of the chosen chariots, which was so hard to come by, and I guess in the ancient world that was so uncommon, and only Mitzrayim, because they had the best army in the world, they had 600 of these things, then you could just imagine, if they had 600 Rachav Bachar, you could just imagine how many regular chariots they had. If they would get 600 of these ones, they must have had thousands and thousands of the regular type of chariots and soldiers. Even though this is an interesting answer, maybe that's what Rashi uh, meant, but he says, if that is what Rashi meant, then at least he should have put the word Vagaymer, which tells you that it's also the end of the Pasuk which is relevant. Meaning is, yes, I'm going to bring this part of the Pasuk, because in this sense, by thinking about this, you might be able to imagine the strength of the army, but it makes sense also to put the word Vagaymer, because that is actually the end of the Pasuk, where it literally tells you, you don't have to imagine, it tells you that he brought all the other chariots uh, and soldiers with him. Or at least he should have taken out the word shahayu that there were. By saying the word that there were 600, that implies that was the entire number, that there were 600 char- chosen chariots. You know, and doesn't even put Vagaymer in there, so you think, oh, there's only 600. Unless you know the, the Pasuk from earlier, and you're just reading Rashi here, you can think. If you literally had no background, and all you're reading the Rashi that had 600 chosen chariots, that would sound like that was the entire army. So you should have at least taken out the word Shahayu. And we know how Meduik Rashi is with his word, so if you're putting in the word Shahayu, then obviously it's important, but why? And you should have put in another type of expression, um, like we see that the Sifri did, that, that from it we will understand the great number of the Egyptian soldiers. You look at R13, what was the Lashon of the Sifri? Al-Apasik, Shemevi Lashon HaKasav, Yikach Sheishmeis, V'Gaymer. He says, on that Pasuk, the Sifri says, and he took 600 chariots, etc. So he quotes the Lashon of the Pasuk, and then he puts the word Gaimer, so it's clear that his intention is for the entire Pasuk. So it's very clear what he's trying to say. So Rashi could have done the same thing. What is the word, come and I will give you advice? That sounds very strange. They were talking to each other already. So what does it mean, come? Weren't they already... In this discussion, where is he coming to? And Dalad Rashi Haisif Fechulu Kid Isa the Chelik Ubisifri. So Rashi says um, he gave them this advice, etc., as we see in the Chelik and Sifri. So if you're learning Rashi's simple interpretation is that if you want to see the Vachul, you want to see all the other details of the advice that he gave, look in these two places, look in the Perka Chelik, which is Dafkovov and Sanhedrin. Um, a perik, this is a parak in Sanhedrin. It's called Kol Yisrael Yeshim Chelak. So the parak is called Perik Chelak. And also look in the Sifri. So these are the sources. But the Rebbe doesn't like that. So it's understood why is it relevant all the additional details in Perik Chelak. And it's not enough just to give the Tzian of the Sifri, meaning is both the Sifri and the Chelek quote this um, advice that Bilam gave. So the Sifri is the better source because the Sifri actually gives, is, gives all the details that Rashi quoted in his Divra Maschal about the large number, uh, that, that the first, this whole idea of the, if you think you're going to be able to beat the Jewish people through the large multitude 
of a soldiers look at the mitzvim that we're not able to do that. That is actually only in the Sifri and it's not in the Chelak. The second part, but the actual advice, he says that their God hates Zima, that's both in the Sifri and, and also in Chelak. And then it continues with more details. So the Rebbe is saying, just quote the Sifri, since the first part of the Rashi is from the Sifri and the second part of Rashi could be from either source, really. So when he says V'chulu, the extra details, just look in the Sifri for those extra details because that would be the same both in Sifri and Chelek. And the real source of Rashi is the Sifri. What's the purpose of bringing Perik HaChelek? Obviously, we're gonna, the Rebbe is going to show that in Perik HaChelek it does bring certain details, um, which is re- relevant, and we'll have to figure out what those details are. Okay, Sif Hey, Afili, uh, sorry, question Hey, Afili Mra Rashi Lahaktit Gam Mechelek, Kamakam Hoyla Lahaktim Etsim Besifri. He says, even if Rashi wants to quote these details from Perkechelek, but first he should have brought the scene of the Tsifri. Should have noted that the first source is from the Tsifri. First of all, Shari Sham Medubar Behemshechabir, the Pasik Dadam. First of all, because over there it speaks about the continuation of the explanation of our Pasik. As I mentioned before, Rashi is based on the Sifri, and it's the Tsifri on our Pasik has uh, this whole concept of what Rashi's talking about. So it's, since it's explaining this Pasik and it gives you the additional details of this Pasik, that would have made more sense to bring it. And base Sham is Makar Koldi with Zibarashi, Koldgam has The second point is, besides for that, this Sifri is actually on our Pasik, so it's the easiest place in a sense to look. Look at the Sifri on our Pasik. Instead of telling you to look at a Gemara, look at the Sifri. Which literally talks about the hemshuk of the pasuk, mash inkin perikachelak. It's not really going on the psukim. It's talking about the general sin of what happened by Bilam and that whole story. The sifri is literally talking about our pasuk and going through each word or the, 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 each topic in our pasuk and saying what the meaning is. The second point is that the beginning of Rashi kolo gam haschalasai omrla afil atamachnisam chulu mash inkin perikachelak shariich zapatam shami rap hemshuk lel keichem shetleidu sainazima. Who? The second point is that the beginning of Rashi. Um, is only found in the Sifri. Mash Enkein and the Chelek, it only talks about the actual advice that Balaam gave, which is that the, their God hates Zimma, you know, so therefore try to get them to sin. Okay. So again, so the question is, why are, even if you're going to bring both sources, first of all, he's asking why bring the source of a Chelek at all? And he's saying the second point is that even if you're going to bring the source of a Chelek, it should have been the second source and not the first one. He says, it must be, from this it's clear, that the Kavana of Rashi, when he brings Isa B'Sifri, is not to give you the source of the beginning of his Pirish. That, it, that when Bilam told him that even if you bring all the armies in the world, you won't be able to beat them, He's not trying to bring a source for that idea because that's actually muchich from the Pashat Shad of Psukim. Meaning, if, you're, if you started from Parshish Balak and you continue all the way till here, it's very clear that Balak understood that he would not be able to beat the Jewish people by having a war. That's the whole reason he hired Bilam. Right? He hired Bilam because he knew he couldn't fight the war. Um, so that's clear that, um, that, 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 that makes sense. So... LMI, so he don't need to bring a source on the Gemara, because that we can figure out really just from reading the Psukim. Um, maybe we wouldn't have known that Bilam literally told, it to him, told him that, but the concept we would have understood anyway, so you don't need a source from that, because that's understood that, that, that that's something that would have happened, or at least the, the concept would have been discussed or thought about. So we wouldn't have brought a source. Because remember, always, you, always, you only bring a source, the Rebbe would only bring a, sorry, the Rashi only brings a source if the source adds details, or it's, it, you need a proof 
that it's this is something that's not mentioned clearly in the Pasik, so therefore we need to add this idea from somewhere else, which will explain the meaning in our Pasik. But over here we could have understood it from the Pasha Shad of the Psukim. It's also not, he's not bringing the source for the, uh, the discussion, the details about because the place of these details is in Perkachelech. So the Rabbis, the Rashi is not bringing the Sifri to tell you that because that, because that is anyways discussed in the Chelech. So you don't need to bring two sources for the same concept. Rather, what's the reason he's telling you to look at Sifri? Because in the Sifri it talks about the same discussion of a chilek, but it adds certain details. Meaning is this idea, we're bringing in Perka Chelech to explain the details of Alekechem She'eli Sanyazimahu. And then I'm going to add the Sifri, he brings it second of all, because once you've learned that shtickle in Perka Chelech, then you'll have another question, and the Sifri will answer that question on that, uh, on that idea, as we'll see. Okay, so we have a bunch of questions on Rashi. Let's just quickly go through the Rashi again to make it clear uh, what it is. So first of all, it says, let's read the Rashi. The first point is, point one of Rashi is, is that even if you bring all the hosts in the entire world, you will not be able to overcome them. So first of all, why is that relevant to our Pasuk? And if for whatever reason it is relevant, this whole beginning, why doesn't he bring it the first time? He gives the advice in Parshas uh, Balak. And then he gives the proof. Because He says, because maybe you are more numerous than the Mitzrayim. So first of all, the proof doesn't really make sense. Because Balak's thought process was to have the largest army, all the hosts in the world. The Mitzrayim with just one army wouldn't have been any proof at all that all the other armies wouldn't be able to beat them. And then why also, if we're trying to discuss, Bilaam's whole proof is how powerful the Mitzrayim were and their army couldn't beat the Jewish people, why is he only mentioning that there were 600 chosen chariots? And then the third part of Rashi says, come, I'm going to boy you, come, and I'll give you advice. What's the idea of come? They're already there. Why is he adding that words? He's, and he tells them that their God hates Zima, Hulu, etc., as it's seen in Chelek and Sifri. So the question is, why is he bringing, first of all, why is he bringing Perkechelech? This whole idea of is also brought in the Sifri on our Pasek. So it's better just to quote the Sifri, which is literally on our Pasek. And he's or at least, second of all, the Sifri should have been mentioned first, because the Sifri is the source of the beginning of the Perish Rashi, um, is, is the source of the beginning of the Perish Rashi, and it also discusses the continuation of our Pasek. So should have first brought the Sifri, and then Chelech. So let's continue on in Sif Gimel. So Habir Bezeh. Hachiluk Bepashtus Venaposik Beparshaseinu Venaposik Beparshas Balak. The simple difference between the Pasik and our Parsha and Parshas Balak is like this. You, you remember, it's so important. Like in many times in the Torah, you might have a certain idea or a certain discussion repeated. So in order to really understand what the Chiddush of each place is, you have to look at the differences of the words that are being used. And by looking at the differences of words, and understanding why were the words changed, you can understand what the Chiddush is. So that's what we're going to see over here too. He says, V'parshas Balak, Namar lecha yi'atzcha, l'chein histapik shamrashi b'dvarav umahi ha'eitza l'keichem shel eilu sainazima. Ash enkim v'pasik v'parshas seinu lo'y namar b'atzas bilam, ki'im b'dvar bilam, umash p'shoyachan ha'eitza ba'gam dvar. 
says there's a very big difference. He says, in Parsha's Balak, the words were, let me give you advice. While in our Parsha, it's, let me tell you, it says, they were involved in the word of Bilam. So over there, it's using the idea of advice. So since it's saying, what was the actual advice of Bilam? So Rashi just tells you, what was this advice? It was that their God hates Zima. Fine. But in our Parsha, it doesn't use that expression, the advice of Bilam. What does Moshe Rabbeinu tell them? It says, they were involved in the word of Bilam. So saying the word Davar, it's a much more, it's a more general term. It's not an Eitzah advice. It's the Dvar, it's the word of Bilam. So it's obviously coming to add additional details which, is, would, not be, which would not have been included in the word uh, Eitzah. So the question is, what is the word or the words or the discussion of Bilam adding more um, to the actual advice itself? Right? So, and obviously, uh, we're talking about the, uh, the, the discussion of Bilam, which is connected to this Eitzah. Because remember, Moshe Rabbeinu is explaining why they, they should have killed the Jew, these Midianite girls. So it's, the reason why you have to kill them is not just because of the advice of Bilam, but it's because of the discussion that Bilam had regarding this advice. So let's see why that's relevant to over here. Oh. And, and since this, uh, this word... Uh, this word, Dvar Bilam, is said specifically over here by the time of Moshe, why you allowed the females to live, it's, it's, it's clear that the discussion, the whole discussion of Bilam is, is relevant to Moshe's complaint against the um, commanders and the captains of the Jewish army. Therefore, Rashi was not satisfied to just bring the actual advice, but rather brought the whole discussion because the word of the Pasuk is Dvar Bilam. So obviously the whole discussion was relevant to Moshe's complaint. So have a hasbar he says, the Moshe's complaint to the commanders that you allowed the females to live, even though they were involved with the Jewish people by the word of Bilam, when it came to the matter of Dvar Par, and uh, as we know that because of the, the, the Gilar Arais and the avoid desire that they're doing and cause the plague in the congregation of Hashem. So his complaint was not just that in the past they caused the Jewish people to stumble. And because of these girls, they caused the Jewish people to do something wrong, and because of them was the Megafa. That's not the only issue that Moshe Rabbeinu had. It was more than that. Moshe is saying it's more than just that these individuals, these women, were the cause of the war. These are the ones that caused the Jewish people to sin and Hashem to become angry with them, it's more. It's rather because these girls themselves are involved with the war. We're in middle of a combat, we're in middle of having a war with the Midianites, and these women are, are involved in that. Therefore we see in the Pasuk, is, is, is Medaic, it says, Moshe was upset on the the commanders of the army, uh, that were coming from the, uh, from the war. Right? Why is the Pasuk stressing, you know, we know who Moshe was talking to, it's talking about the people came back. But he's getting up. But it, the pasuk specifies because that's all part of the issue that he had. Kloimar, meaning shlichus hamidyanim as benesem leznus hoisa derech shabab bikshu leilachem yisrael hashmidam rachman al slan zachin hayudvar bilam 
Meaning is, the reason why the Midyanim sent the daughters to, to connect with the Jewish people and get them to do Agila Rice and, and, and the Avaid uh, Zara wasn't just to get them to sin. Rather, it was part of a tactic of, of, that the, the Midianites and the Maya Balak needed to fight against the Jewish people. And Bilaam's telling them, you need to f- have a war against them, but you know fighting a physical war is not going to help. So uh, let me give you an advice of a type of tactic which will actually cause the Jewish people to be hurt. Th- this, is a, this is a plan which will actually hurt them. And he says, what's the plan? Send the girls. So what do we see over here? That, the minu- that these girls were not just... Um, the reason why they should be punished is not just because they caused the Jewish people to sin and because of them... They were the cause of the sense of the war. Because if it was only because of that, then Moshe Rabbeinu shouldn't have got upset at the, uh, at, at the commanders of the army because technically the, it's not their job, uh, in a sense, to kill, to, to, you know, they're not the judge and the jury to say that these girls are Mechoy of Misa. That's not their job. They went to fight a war. They fought against the men. They killed the men, the soldiers. And then they bring the kids, the women, to, back to Moshe Rabbeinu. And then Moshe Rabbeinu and the judges could decide what's their fate. So why is Moshe Rabbeinu getting upset at them? Rather, he's getting upset. He's saying because because they're not just involved in a sense that they were they're in, that they're just the cause and they have to get punished and we need to have a court case. He says it's much more than that. They're in a sense they were soldiers. They're part of the actual tactics. They're part of the fight against us. So therefore, they need to be killed just like any other soldier needs to be killed. It is, this is your responsibility. Your responsibility is to defend the Jewish people and to make sure that there's no capability of them to be able to attack us by bringing all these girls back into our camp, um, you know, thousands of uh, Midianite girls back into the camp, that's probably, probably would have caused them to sin even more. You have all these captive women doing nothing all day that probably would have made the, uh, you know, the Megafa to start again. So the tactic would have continued working. Like they brought them in. Now it's like the Trojan horse that these women are now literally inside the camp all day, every day. They have complete control of them. That, that would continue the, the, the Megafa. This would continue the tactic in a much greater and worse, and worse way. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu was upset at them. He says, you guys are the soldiers. You guys are, you guys are the commanders. You're supposed to understand what their tactics were and to, and to stop it. Uh, and that's why he said you need to kill and that, that's why Moshe Rabbein told them eventually that you have to kill all the girls that have the capability to have relations. And that's why Rashi, also, that's why the Pasuk, I'm sorry, uses the word Devar Bilam. Because it's, the reason why Moshe was upset was not because of the Atzis Bilam. Because he wouldn't have been upset at the soldiers and the commanders because of the Atzis Bilam. Because that's not their responsibility to, in a sense, be the judges and the executioners of these girls. The reason why he was upset was because of the Devar Bilam, was because of the discussion. When you understand what these women were doing that they were part of the tactics, part of the war effort, then you understand that you should have killed them, not brought them back and uh, t- to the camp, which was the worst, you know, worst uh, idea that you had to actually bring them here. Okay. So, Dalit. Al-Pizem, moving atam shehevi Rashi's pratiya dibra Now we can understand why Rashi brings all the different details of Bilam. Now that was our main question. Why is he bringing all the details over here? He says, Amalahem, afilu atam achnisen kalam ayinishva ilam atam yichayilam 
so he says, now we can understand Rashi. Remember, Rashi has three points. So we learned the first two points were connected, that, uh, that he's saying that you're not going to be able to beat them physically, and he brings a proof. The Rebbe is going to explain now that, no, these are three independent points. The first point, the second point is not a proof of the first point. The first point is independent. That first Balaam told them, you know that even if you had the largest army with all of the hosts in the entire world, you'd not be able to beat them, because why? So this, he didn't bring a proof. Because it's, it's understood from Shruti Shemikra how Balak knew that. Because Sichan Va'ayg, who are the superpowers of that time, who are hired, in a sense, to guard them uh, from the Jewish people, and the Bnei Yisro were able to beat them in such a wondrous way that the entire Gvura and the strength of Sichan Va'ayg had no, had no value. They were able to beat them so easily. Therefore, it's very clear that they knew that physical power, whether it's uh, in quantity or quality, would not have helped them to beat the Jewish people. Rather, what was Balak and Midya and Sfara? They thought process is that maybe we can defeat the Jewish people with a spiritual war. As we see, it's similar. Like we see that they hired Bilam. Right? Why did they hire Bilam to get rid of the Bnei Israel? Because they saw that they wouldn't be able to beat them physically, so therefore they hired Bilam. It says, please go curse me, curse for me this nation. Because as we know that he had a spiritual power, he was a prophet, and he knew the Das of Hashem. So then, after Bilam was unable to curse them, they continued with that tactic uh, of, of trying to find people who are very great in spiritual stature that were able to defeat the Jewish people. So that was their second issue, the second plan. So first, Bilam tells them, you're not going to be able to physically, that you already know. Spiritually, obviously, I can't do anything. But you still think that maybe you can hire other spiritual people to be able to beat them. What type of spiritual people? That's going to be the Yirei Hashem, the Tzadikim of the, of the Goyim. So then he brings the proof from the Sheish Meis Rech of Bachor. Because as we know, uh, Rashi brought this also early in Parashat Shalach, that how did the Mitzrayim have horses for the chariots? Weren't they all killed in the Makkah of Dever, the, the plague? that killed all of their livestock. So Rashi tells us, if you look at the words that Hashem said, Hashem told them that whoever, that, that whoever leaves, it's basically any animal which is in the field will be killed. So the ones who feared God and took his word seriously thought about what he said, is that whoever's in the field, so they brought their animals into their homes, into the barns, and those animals did not die. So these are the ones that trusted and feared God. So, that, so what's Bilam telling them? That even these individuals, these soldiers, and these people that have fear of God, they're in a sense like the tzaddikah umas elam. when they went to go fight against the Jewish people, that also didn't work. As we see by Chris Yamsuf, they were all killed. Let's read it inside. He says, maybe you are more, Ruben, you are more, you're greater spiritually. Right? Ruben doesn't mean physically greater in number, but Shem Ruben maybe, because the, the word uh, Rav can mean 
number, quantity, close to mean quality, like rather greatness, that maybe you're greater spiritually than the Egyptians that had 600 chosen chariots. With these words, he's not coming to stress the quantity that they had 600, their physical power. Rather, he's stressing the spiritual power. As Rashi explains that the, the animals for the chariots were from those who feared God. So obviously that's not relevant how many uh, soldiers they have. We don't really care. The point is that it was the spiritual power that they had. That's why Rashi doesn't even bring the word Vagoymer to say, oh, they also... Because that's not relevant, because that wouldn't have helped at all. It's the spiritual quality, and that's expressed best by bringing those words, the Sheish Meis Rechav Bachor. And nonetheless, it didn't help them when they wanted to attack the Jewish people, and their end was very bitter. Look at R23. He says, He says, Even though all the animals of all the chariots of Mitzrayim also came from those who feared God. Remember, there were 600 chariots, the chosen chariots, but they also had all the other chariots. Where did they have animals from those ones? So Rashi tells us they, they were also coming from the, those who feared God. So the question the Rebbe is asking over here is, why does Rashi only mention the 600 chosen one? You should have also mentioned the Chol Rech Mitzrayim, because they also came from the Yer Dvar Hashem. So the answer is, He says, the main Kabachimer is from those who were the chosen. Why, why were they the chosen ones? They were chosen because they feared God. They were the most chosen in everything, also in this aspect as Yerid Hashem. So the main Kabachimer is saying, even the 600 greatest Sadiqim, in a sense, of Mitzrayim was, were not able to defeat the Jewish people. So what do you, what, what's your plan exactly? That's not going to help. Okay, back in the Panim. Therefore, it's understood that it, there's no purpose in trying to search after individuals with great spiritual power that they're able to defeat the Jewish people because you're not going to be greater spiritually than Mitzrayim that had these 600 individuals that feared God and nonetheless they were not able to do anything against the Mitzrayim. Rather, how will you be able to beat them? That, therefore, he gives them the advice, this is point three of Rashi, that, therefore, he tells them, come, I'll give you advice how to destroy them, their God hates Azima, and through this you'll be successful. Okay. So now we see the plan and why Rashi has to bring the word Bidvar why the Pasuk brought the word Bidvar, and Rashi brings the whole discussion connected to that. Hey, now we have a question. In all the 40 years that the Jewish people were in the desert, we do not find that they sinned in this type of way of, of lewdness and zima. He says, uh, more than that, we find that Rashi quotes, it's a mentioned, this is by the story of the, there was a Jewish person that cursed God, it says that he was the child of Shleimis Bas Divri. So Rashi explains, why does it say what her name is? It's to tell you the Shavach, that she was the only one that was a Zaina, and therefore her son was not part of, was not a, didn't have a Jewish father, 
uh, you know, read the whole story over there, why that was relevant. But Rashi says over there, clearly, the reason why she was mentioned is to tell us the shevach of the Jewish people, that everybody knew who their parents were, because there were no Zionists. So that moving down, so this that we see by the Jewish women um, that they were so careful. So we also understand by the men that they were careful and everybody knew what the, who their parentage was. So how is it possible that such a large number of the Jewish people were able to stumble until there were 24,000 people that died by the Megafa and Pashtas, those 24,000 died because they were involved with this sin. How could such a large number all of a sudden happen? Also, he says, come. So the Rebbe is now explaining the word come and I'll give you advice is implying it's like a secret. Like, don't stay where we are, where we're discussing. Come to me, it'll just be a discussion between the two of us or, 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 or us, the group, whoever it was, and I'm going to tell it to you in a way of a secret. Why does Bilam need to tell him his advice in a way of a secret? Therefore, Rashi adds those words, Kedisa Bechelek. Because over there in the Gemara tells us how the Midyanim were able to entice the Jewish people through their jugs and wine until they were able to do Znus and Avaydazar. He says, in the Gemara and Achelik, it tells you how the, the Midyanim were able to entice the Jewish people to do this Avera. The, and I'll just give you the Gemara in short. Basically, the advice that he gave was set up these tents, like a marketplace between Har Charmoin, uh, which is the Hari Sheleg, until Beisa Yishimai, make all these tents and have older women standing outside selling linens and different clothing that the men needed and have the younger girls within the tent. And then what happened is the Jewish men would come by, because they, uh, they come by to buy things. And they were happy because of uh, just winning the war. They had money, they had spoils, they were very happy and you could move looking to buy things. And then they would start talking to the older woman to buy the, buy the linens. And then they hear from inside the tent, a young woman calling them, you know, I'll give you a better price, you know. So they go into the tent to get the better price from the young woman. And this would happen, you know, two, three days in a row. They'd come to buy something and then they'd be called in. So they'd already start becoming friendly with the uh, store owners. And on the third day that they were there, when they're already friendly, she says, you know what, take whatever you want. And then they start talking, and she seduces him, and then they, she eventually gets him to do znus and avaydazar with them. Uh, so it was all through a tactic. It wasn't that they just came and started having relationships. There was definitely a whole plan that was going on, and it took some, some point of time and strategy to get the Jewish people to do a sin. So the question that the child has is, how all of a sudden do 24,000 people do an avaydazar that they've never done? It's like all of a sudden you... You know, you get 24,000 from Jews to be Michal Shabbos. Like, how did you get 24,000? Like, uh, one, one or two, maybe you can convince them. All of a sudden, you're getting 24,000 to be Michal Shabbos. Over here, you get 24,000. So the answer is, it's because of this whole plan. They also got them to drink wine, which was an important part uh, that the Rebbe brings over here, because we know the effects of alcohol, that they uh, remove any inhibitions that a person has. So they're friendly with them, they're drinking wine with them, and, all, and by that point in time, there was no Isser to drink wine with the guy. That was a later rabbinic decree that they weren't allowed to drink wine. But then they were able to sit and drink with them. They didn't do anything wrong. They're allowed to buy things from them. They're allowed to drink wine with them. But once those, all those things happened, eventually the virus uh, took effect. Okay. So that's why we bring Per Kachelik. But Adaim in Advar Machvar. But it's still not very clear. So the Gemara over there explains how 
um, they, they, what the advice of Bilam was. It was like this. I, I kind of told you outside, but I'll read now the Lashon of Gemara, at least part of it. It says that they made for them enclosures from Har Shalek, which is Har Tcharmoim, until the place called Beis Hayishimois, and they put Zoynes, um, and they put Zoynes there. They had the older ladies from the outside, you had the younger ones from within, and then when the Jewish people were eating and drinking and rejoicing, again, because they won the war, they would go out and walk through the marketplace, and the older lady would say, come, let me sell you this, and as I said before, then the younger one would say from in, come inside, I'll give you a better deal, and they became friendly, etc., etc., and they started drinking wine together, etc. And still, the Shalis, what are they doing? They're eating, they're rejoicing, and they're walking through the marketplace of the of, of Midianite girls and daughter, like you're going to like a woman's market, very weird. Um, not, not that it was a market specified by women, but I mean that the market was being taken care of uh, by women. He says, especially it was after the great miracles that the Jewish people saw. They saw the miracle of Aisha and Nahalim, if you remember. This is the miracle when, when they were coming uh, to Aras The There are two mountains that they had to cross in between. They had to cross in the valley between these two mountains. One mountain had big uh, craters inside of it, and the other one had these big rocks that were sticking out. And the Emoraim, they hid in the caves. And their plan was, when the Jewish people passed by, they'd throw rocks and stuff to try to kill them. So Hashem made a miracle that he caused, basically, the two mountains to combine, to connect each other. And the, and the big rocks went into the caves and killed them all. And then after the Jewish, pass, Jewish people passed by, the mountains were separated. And the Be'er Miriam passed by and pulled all the blood and, and the limbs. And the Jewish people saw that the great miracle Hashem did, that he saved them from this ambush. So, and they sang... Uh, one of these shirim. That was one miracle. Then we have the miracle of Oig, where it says in the Gemara, Akartur, Rashi quotes it, that, that the, when, Oig, when they were, Oig attacked them, that he picked up a mountain and he planned on throwing it on the Jewish people. And the mountain uh, ants came and made a hole in the mountain and the um, mountain fell on his head and then he tried to take it off, but his teeth grew in, so he had this mountain, he wasn't able to fight, and then Moshe Rabbeinu came and like hit him on the ankle and he fell and, and he died. So, the point is that these were miraculous types of... You were able to destroy these two armies in this miraculous way. Um, so after seeing these great miracles, how you'd expect them to have fantastic behavior, not to go messing around with the Midianite girls, and even if they don't do anything technically wrong, but this was not an appropriate behavior of thanking Hashem. You know, Usually we make... Uh, you know, we have Purim, we have Hanukkah, we have Pesach for, for when we vanquish our enemies. Over here, we see an opposite type of Hanukkah. So what happened? So the Chayin Sayyim Rashi Gam the Sifri. Therefore, Rashi also quotes the Sifri because the Sifri, Hanu Sifri Ashayich LeInyan Medu Bechelik. We're talking about the Sifri, which is connected to that portion in a Chelik, the Sifri Parshas Balak Isa, because this is the Sifri in Parshas Balak. So Rashi's trying to say is by bringing after Chelik that we're not talking about the Sifri that I was quoting at the beginning of my Pirush, which is on our Pasuk. This is actually actually the Sifri which is in Parshas Balak, and it's quoting details from. Uh, the Gemara and Chelek, or additional details that wasn't quoted over there, which will help us with this explanation. So it says, like, this is what the Sifri 
brings. It says that when the Jewish people became full or became uh, stuffed from the spoils that they got from the they, 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 they were disgracing the spoils. Um, basically what they're doing is they're th- th- ripping the clothing and they're throwing away and destroying the animals and they said the only thing we want is gold, golden kalim and golden uh, and it's silver kalim and gold kalim meaning is they had so much they didn't even want to have animals and all these things we just want the gold and the silver Meaning is that the great spoils that they got from the war caused the B'nai Yisrael to become fat. Meaning the Jewish people became fat. And we know the end of the Pasuk says, they kicked. That going too fat and getting too involved in Gashmias causes the Jewish people to become, in a sense, spoiled and just taking about them, caring about themselves. And that causes them to kick off the yoke of Hashem. Therefore, because of that, they're feeling all good and corpulent and, and physical. They go, they go to the market and to buy things, and they're not really thinking about spiritual matters. And that's what causes them to do the Avera. Okay, Sif Zion. So that answers all the, uh, ans- all the questions that we brought earlier. Just to quickly, super quick, go through all of them. Our questions in Sif Aleph were one and two was, why does Rashi have to bring this whole Abrichus? And if he's going to bring it, this Abrichus, you should have brought in Parshas Balak. So the answer for that is, the reason why it's relevant over here is because over here specifically it says Bidvar Bilam. In Parshas Balak it says Eitzah. So he just brings the advice. But over here when Rashi says Bidvar, clearly he's talking about a whole discussion which is relevant over here. And as we explained, it's relevant over here because the reason why Moshe was upset at the commanders of the Jewish army was not because they... The Midianite girls were involved in Zima, uh, caused them to sin, but rather because they were, in a sense, were part of the, the war effort, and therefore they were Chayev Misa, and the commander should have taken care of that. So Beis, we had a few diukin. The first diuk was why the proof that they're bringing that the physical armies won't be able to beat uh, the Jewish people is from Mitzrayim, but Lachaira, all the hosts of the world would have been greater than Mitzrayim. So the answer with that is that it's not a proof. It's actually a whole different point. Point one, we're actually saying is that your large army with all the hosts of the world won't be able to beat the Jewish people, and that did not need a proof, because they knew that also, uh, as because we, the Jewish people were able to beat Sichem Ba'ik so easily. Rather, they're telling them the second thing, is that even spiritual, um, even if you want to get spiritual people like the tzaddikim to fight against the Jewish people, that won't help you, as we see that the Mitzrayim who had, as the second question is going to be 600 um, chariots of the most chosen, the most fear, God-fearing of the, of, of the Goyim were not able to beat uh, the Jewish people. That answers also Sif why he only mentioned 600 and not the entire army. Why did, question three was, why did it say the word Bayu come? And I'll give you advice. The word Bayu tells you that it's a secret. And the reason is because the only way that Bilam and Balak were able to get the Jewish people to sin, even though they've never sinned like this before in those 40 years, it wasn't a common sin, it was because it was through a trick as we just discussed, and then we asked, why does Rashi bring the Pyrrhic and Chalik? So again, and Sifri, he brings both sources. So the reason why he brings Chalik is because over there tells you the whole idea of the advice that he gave and the plan, how he got them to sin. And the reason why he brings the Sifri specifically afterwards is because it's to tell you it's not the Sifri on our Pasi, but the Sifri, which is in Parshas Bolak, which discusses uh, that Gemara and Chalak and adds details, which was that the Jewish people 
became fat in a sense. They had so many spoils, they became very spoil. Uh, they became spoiled and rotten, and therefore they were in, very involved in physical matters, and that caused them to be to to go to eat and drink and to hang out in the non-Jewish market. Okay, that answers all the questions. Sif Zayin, Miyena Shel Tayyip Shpirit Rashi. So the wine of Tayyip in this Rashi. The Mechamas Midyan Metzina Bekasef Shinu Lashin. So again, like kind of what we said at the beginning, you also, when there's two parshas that are very similar, talking about the same topic, you got to look at the differences. So when Hashem tells the Jewish people to fight, tells the command to Moshe, He tells them that the Jewish, you need to take the revenge of the Jewish people against the Midianim. Meaning is that they, Midianim caused them to sin and caused them a gay for you need to take revenge for the Jewish people. But when Moshe Rabbeinu gives the command over, he says that we need to take the revenge of God, God's revenge against the Midian. He doesn't say the revenge of the Jewish people. So it changes it. Why? So Beer Admor said, the Rebbe's father explains like this. He says, V'tamashinei. Shal Kaddish Baruch Hu medaktik al kweidin shal Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu medaktik al kweidin shal Kaddish Baruch He says, because Hashem is careful about the covet of Yisrael. So he says, we're going to war. It's not because of me. It's because the Jewish people uh, were tricked and caused to sin. While Moshe Rabbeinu is careful with the covet of Hashem, so therefore he says we're attacking because because of the covet of Hashem that the that the, the Bilam and Balak and the Midianim they caused the Jewish people to sin against God. It's about the covet of Hashem. Um, there brings in parentheses. This is another deek that the Rebbe's father explains based on this idea that in the command in Parshas Truma, where the, there's a command to build the Aaron, uh, it says first that he got the command to build the Keruvim. Those were the images of the children, which the golden ch- images of the children were, which were on top of the Aaron. Uh, while in Parshas Nasa, it mentions first the Aaron and then the Keruvim. The reasoning is because the Keruvim is, 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 is about the Jewish people, the relationship of Hashem and the Jewish people, while the Aaron is where the Luchas were. So that's the commandments of Hashem. So first, in Parshas, when Hashem's giving the command to Moshe, he first talks about the Keruvim, the relationship of the Jewish people, who are resembled in, in those pictures of those, those kids. He first mentions the Aaron because that has to do with the, the Luchas, the commandments of God, so he gives more uh, respect to that. So the Shaila is, why specifically do we find this difference and these two details by the war of Midian and not by all the other commandments? Uh, I guess the question is besides for the um, Kruvim. I got, but even by the Kruvim, that's, I guess, not as clear that's more of a hint to this idea. But over here it says very clearly this idea of Nekamas Hashem, Nekamas B'nei Yisrael. It's very clearly this idea how each one is medakted to the other one's covet. So, it's very understood. He says, because in the war of the Midianim against the Jewish people, there are two parts. First part was the Midianim wanted to fight and destroy the Jewish people. Right? It was, it was, it was a physical war. Their purpose was to be able to defeat the Jewish people. Therefore, there's, there's, that's what comes to the Nekamas B'nei Israel. They wanted to fight a war. They wanted to destroy you. So then there's the revenge of the Jewish people. But the second part was the actual device that Balaam gave. How are you going to destroy the Jewish people? By causing them to sin against God. So that was Nekamas Hashem. You're causing, you're, you're, you know what bothers Hashem. And your whole plan is to get Hashem upset. So that was Nekamas Hashem. And 
Therefore, Hashem, that's careful about the covet of Yisrael. He stresses from these two ideas, he stresses more the idea of Nekamas B'nai Yisrael, meaning is their kavana, the purpose, why they want the Jewish people to sin, which was to destroy the Jewish people. While Meish Rabbein, who's careful about the covenant of Hashem, he says, he realized this, that the Jewish people were killed, that was through an act which was against their God, because their God hates Zimah. They wanted to get them to do Zimah and to do Avedizara, uh, which was the Balpa'or Avedizara, and therefore, that's what Meish Rabbein mentions, those, that expression. So, Apiza moving Gam, now we understand, we're going to understand another detail. Apiza moving Gam, Mashapir Shrashi, and the Kamas Hashem. So now we understand the Rashi. Rashi tells us by the words in the Kamas Hashem, he says that those who stand against the Jewish people is like they're standing against Hashem. Look at R34. What Rashi is coming to tell us is coming to answer the, the stira, right? Because Hashem uses the word Nekamas Ben Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu uses Nekamas Hashem. This is very contradictory. What was it? So Rashi explains, it's the Zalbazach, it's the same thing, that those who stand against the Jewish people, it's like they're standing against Hashem. So Nekamas Hashem and Nekamas B'nai Yisrael is the same thing. But now we're looking at the Yenish Shaltar. So the Yenish Shaltar, we could say even a deeper pshat in Rashi. Shatam He says that the reason why the Torah reveals it specifically by Mechamas Midian Right, that it uses expression in one place, Nekamas B'nai Yisrael, another one, Nekamas Hashem, and it, and it, it tells us it ch- the, the change in the tzivuri specifically by the war of Midian, and over here it's telling you that whoever stands against the Jewish people is standing against Hashem. The reason why it's over here, this is revealed, because only over here is it very recognizable that whoever were against the Jewish people also also against Hashem. Why? Because the way how they wanted to destroy the Jewish people is to get them to um, betray Hashem. So that's really what we're seeing, that those who fight against the Jewish people, what they're really trying to do is they're trying to destroy the relationship of Hashem and the Jewish people. So it's really trying to break this marriage that we have with Hashem apart. That's really every single enemy that we have is always because of that uh, concept. And over here it was very clear. But really at any time, even when they're, let's say, attacking the Jewish people physically, what are they trying to do? They're trying to destroy Hashem's chosen people. So you're fighting against Hashem also, right? Therefore, specifically over here in Parshas Matis, the Torah says Bedvar Bilam and not Atzas Bilam. So we gave the Pshat Shemekah earlier, but because in Parshas Bilam, and Parshas Balak and Bilam, it's just telling you what his advice was. It's talking about their discussion that they had together, the advice that Bilam gave Balak. But over here, we're talking about why there was a war. We're talking about what the purpose of the war was. Because this is Parshas, this, this week's Parshas, when the war actually happened, when Moshe Rabbeinu sent out all the soldiers, and they fought against them. So over here, we're talking about the actual war. It tells you what the purpose of the war was. And the purpose of the war are two things, the Kamas Hashem and the Kamas B'nai Yisrael, which was really, as we're saying, the same thing.